Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by one of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Boyson. A paralegal for more than 20 years, Vicki is dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, the Paralegal Mentor and host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm a NALA Advanced Certified Paralegal, and I publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies. I'm also the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, a guide to finding a job and career success. You'll find more information at paralegalmentor.com. Before we begin today's episode of The Paralegal Voice, our sponsors should be recognized and also thanked. That would be NALA, a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and advancement of the paralegal profession. Our second sponsor is ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers You should work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday jobs. Today's topic focuses on important presentation skills that will result in people hearing what you say. And my guest today is Deb Sofield. Welcome, Deb. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Glad to, Deb. I met Deb at the NALS conference in Atlanta this past October, where she was the keynote speaker. Her topic was the unspoken rules of the game, five habits that will change your life. She was awesome. She was impressive. And she was someone I instantly wanted to know better. So I invited her to be with us today. Deb is a dynamic keynote speaker, author of the book, Speak Without Fear, Rockstar Presentation Skills to Get People to Hear What You Say. She's a radio talk show host and president of her own executive speech coaching company that trains women and men for success in speaking presentation skills and message development in the U.S. and abroad. So, Deb, my first question for you is, how did you get started in public speaking? You know, I got to tell you, when I was in college, I wanted to be a coach. I thought, I can't think of anything better than being a basketball coach. So I said to my dad, I'm going to go be a coach. And he said, hey, I'm not going to pay for that. (laughs) I said, well, okay, what will you pay for? He said, anything in the arts. So I decided the only other thing I was good at was public speaking because I I really didn't like to study, and I have an opinion about a lot of things, so I fell right into this degree. I actually have a Bachelor of Arts in Public Speaking. A tough degree to get, mind you, but it has served me well. I knew at a very young age that if I could sway the masses, I could do anything. So uh, good fortune shined on me, and I had a great mentor and friends who helped me along with that. That's great. So you just didn't fall into public speaking like I did. You started out with that goal, and I think that's fabulous. 
Yeah, I wanted to be a motivational speaker until I found out that's what the whole world was doing. <laughs> so then I went, I thought, well, I better narrow it. So then I went to women in politics, which is really my passion. Uh, there weren't enough women there. So then I went to women in business, and then suddenly things started to take off. And you know, that really is the key, as you have seen here with your program. It, once you narrow it and kind of prune off the things that don't help us grow, then things really do turn around. They do. And I find your interest in politics and your involvement in politics to be very interesting, too. And I'm going to share just a little secret with you. I have people who are urging me to run for mayor of our town. So... uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh Why not? See, people are making decisions for you and... Are they doing it in the best interest? Eh, Maybe, maybe not. But you and I, because we have a strong belief in what we do and understand that we might be the only voice that people hear, you should run. In fact, I just won my re-election. I'm a water commissioner. So the headline was, Sofield wins by a water slide. I saw that. (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) Someone did a good job with that headline. Well, in your book, Speak Without Fear, you quote the book of lists, and that quote is, the fear of public speaking is the number one phobia in the United States. Why do people have such a fear of public speaking? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of glad they do because I can stay in business, but uh, I'll tell you what it is. For a lot of people, they get the message wrong. They think it's about them. And you know what, Vicki, what I say to folks, if you are so fearful, then you have the focus wrong. You know, I hope you like Deb Sofield as a speaker, but the reality is, even if you don't, I could pull myself out of myself and put me right next to me. I know, a little woo-woo, but stay with me. And that person could speak, and that's okay, because my message stands with or without me. And when I have clients who, oh, I'm so afraid, I'm like, man, you got the, you've got the emphasis wrong. It's about your message. It's about changing lives. And that will, believe it or not, that helps reduce the fear. Because then you realize it's not about you. It's about this amazing message that you must share with others in order to enhance their life. I like the way you put that. That's really thought-provoking. Now, paralegals have a little bit of a different issue. We're often involved in conversations with attorneys, and that can be formidable because attorneys live to speak powerfully and to argue passionately, and they like to hear themselves talk. So how can we project confidence in these situations so that we're heard? You know, Vicki, probably the first thing I would encourage you to do is if somebody speaks to you, make sure you are standing up. Don't be seated when somebody comes in a room in a sense to have that conversation. I need to put you on equal footing, so to speak, with the person who is addressing you or who you are speaking to. So for many of my clients, I have them stand up and meet me face to face. The other thing is if you will learn to look people in the eye. I know not everyone's good looking, but you've got to find something that people can you can focus on on someone's face. Now, the first time you do that, people will be like, "Uh, is there something wrong? You're like, no, I'm just listening. But once you learn to develop that, it really will help you have a sense of power. I tell you, if you'll just stand up, take a strong stance, pleasant expression, nothing here should upset you. Remember, if I read body language and if I can see that I'm going to come crush you and I know you're easily crushable, sometimes people will do so versus if you're able to hold yourself with a friendly Powerful stance, standing up, looking me in the eye, 
and then having that conversation. Do not back down. You're on equal footing. That's a very good point. What if you're both sitting? Is that okay? Yeah, you know, in that case, I'm going to have you scoot up to the front of your chair. So your rear end's kind of at the front. And you're going to lean in just a little bit as you're engaging into a conversation. Okay. Well, in your book, you talk about the old way and the new ways of public speaking. So could you explain that to our listeners? You know, thank you. I, I got to tell you, so I have a dear friend who came to me today and she was going to try out her speech at Toastmasters. And I said, well, be very aware how I have restructured your presentation. They're not going to like Toastmasters is a wonderful program and I highly recommend it for people who are just starting in the business. But when you're the third speaker of the morning and you say, good morning, I'm thinking, really, you're the third speaker who's told me that go away. I would much rather you start with a startling fact or figure. Make me put down my salad fork and look up because what you have said is so shocking that I got to really look and see that you're the person speaking. You know, your audience doesn't have time to build to wow. Vicki, you're on radio. I have a radio show. We've got to capture them early. If we don't, we are a centimeter from the next station. And what I find is years ago, people could sit and listen. Not happening now. Audience attention span, last time I checked, was about 15 minutes and dropping. So unless they know it's an hour presentation, you and I have to understand what they can absorb and then be able to, in a sense, meet that and exceed that. I hear what you're saying. I still find it difficult to start out with something, to think of something that's shocking, first of all, to get away from just this good morning, which I don't say, but I don't have anything really shocking to start with either. So I'm going to have to work on that. But you know, it doesn't have to be shocking. You could really come onto the stage and say, you know, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. And and let me tell you how it was when I was a kid. You know who did this very well was Governor Ann Richards. Right. She very rarely started with all the platitudes. She just went right on the stage and told y'all she grew up poor in Texas. Mm -hmm. And she had she used colorful, lively words. And you literally stopped what you were doing to listen. And that's my goal as a speech coach. Well, I've told you that public speaking doesn't make me nervous. I know people who can't eat before, who, you know, just can't do it. So I'm lucky. I mean, very lucky. But a lot of people get very nervous. So what are your tips for quelling those jitters when they're ready to speak? You know, thanks. So there's a couple things you can do. First of all, your body will tell you you need to go to the restroom. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I would encourage you to go to the ladies' room or men's room and run cool water on your hands. Cool water will help calm you down. Of course, a deep breath does the same thing. We also encourage people maybe to find what we call a pressure point. So it's like you would hold your index finger and thumb together very tightly, release, tight release. And what you've done in that release is you've now sent a signal to the brain. And the brain says, hey, what's going on with the hands? So in a sense, the fear has now been broken. So you'll find a lot of speakers, they tend to walk, they tend to, you know, maybe go out in the parking lot, take big, deep gulps of air. I also encourage my clients to open their mouth so they can stretch it. So that way your articulation is so much better. There's a lot of little tricks of the trade that we encourage people to do, but primarily focus on the message, opening line. Remember, your audience remembers what you say first and last. And good luck in the muddle or the middle, as we call it. So just make sure that opening statement gives them a chance to, A, tune into your voice so they realize they can understand you, but also 
capture. You want to capture them right from the beginning. Well, Deb, it's time to take a short break for a word from our sponsors, NALA, the Association of Legal Assistants and Paralegals, and ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers. And when we'll come back, we'll continue our discussion about presentation skills with today's guest, Deb Sofield. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm your host, Vicki Voison. Today we're focusing on speaking skills with Deb Sofield, author of Speak Without Fear, Rockstar Presentation Skills to Get People to Hear What You Say. Deb, when I speak to members of paralegal associations, the preparation takes hours and hours and hours. And while I might not be nervous, as I said, when I speak, I do agonize over creating and crafting the perfect message for the audience. So tell me, how do you craft the perfect message? You know, Vicki, that's interesting. I am what you call a kind of like a one hit speaker. So I only have three or four speeches that I give. So I'm not there to be a consistent trainer. I'm always needing a new audience. So because I've chosen to be that type of a speaker, I am able to craft a message in a way that really helps as I'm learning new, I build on the other information I already have. I would encourage people who do speak or who would like to speak is you need to find a couple core messages, minor public speaking, presentation skills, and media skills. So I don't speak about nuclear energy in third world countries. And if I were asked to, I would decline because I really focus on a pretty small very important niche that suits me as a speaker. And if you find topics that you love, it really does come a lot easier. I mean, I know you love what you do. So even though you've taken a lot of time to craft, I believe the foundation or the good bones are there. Now you've just got to add the stories, the quotes, the um, aha moments that will keep your audience in tune as your presentation continues. Well, Deb, I have to tell you that not only are you a fabulous speaker, you're also able to be very funny when you speak. And I love that ability. I think that's great. So I just wanted to throw that in there. And you have your audiences laughing. And that's, that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. When I talk about ethics, they don't laugh too much. But, <laughs> but, I try. but think about it, Vicki. Think about the great stories of the unethical people all right. that we all put our hand to our head like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that. See, if you'll craft those stories, I'm telling you, you will have them 
sitting, waiting, hoping for the next line. That's right. They're not interested in those court rules, I can tell you that. Okay, in your book, you talk about looking the part, and what does that involve? You know, when I work either with a political candidate or if I work with a president of a corporation, there's an old rule in politics, and that is you dress for the job you want. You want to be the mayor, dress like the mayor. That means you can't show up at the grocery store in sweatpants and a T-shirt. And unfortunately, people have this double life. They, they want to be a certain person, and yet they will not maintain what I would consider the proper uniform. When I talk about dressing the part, you know, that really is you grooming well, you polishing your shoes, guys that shaving the back of your neck and getting rid of that crazy nose hair. It's about you cleaning up and in a sense, dating the public because that's what we do. Every time we hit the stage, we are dating the public. We are encouraging them to give us a second date. And as you would care for yourself, I talk about folks who need to look the part. You say if an attorney comes and, you know, they're rash and they're very bold in their language. Well, you know what? I would probably put my paralegal in a suit jacket that day. I would give her a little more bulk. So she has a more powerful stance. And, you know, think about it. You and I have clothes in our closet. Then when we put on, we go, oh, I look amazing. I mean, I stand at the mirror all the time. I'm like, Deb Sofield, you're a rock star. So what happens is when I put on that jacket or sweater or coat that I know I look good in, it makes my whole day better because I feel good about myself. And I really encourage folks to do that. It's funny when I say that from the stage, people, there's just like silence. And I'm like, really? Come on. Everybody does that. And it's funny. Some people don't. But think about it. If you're going to be on a TV show, we encourage you to wear comfortable clothes. So you'll be in the most comfortable setting, although it's rather uncomfortable. So do what's best for you. Do what's best for you. I like that. I guess no more jeans at the grocery store. Darn it. No, I think, listen, friend, you're running for office. Let's clean it up and keep that car clean, too. Because remember, we look at everything about you. I haven't accepted yet, so we'll see. I haven't filed. I'm just still going, oh, my goodness, do I want to do this? But anyway. Yes, the answer is yes. Yes. Everybody call in and tell Vicki yes. Okay. Now, you are recognized as a talent strategist. I like that, and it intrigues me. So what does that mean? You know, I I coined that a while back. I'm sure somebody else has also. I meet people who are amazing at what they do, but they tend to not have thought what they currently do could be used in other areas. All right, let's take you, for instance. You are very talented in what you do, but now an opportunity has arisen for you to maybe consider going into public office. As a talent strategist, as I would help you recraft some of your presentations, we would start adding in other aspects of who you are and what you do so your audience begins to see a holistic you, every aspect of it. You know, I have a lot of folks who come and they say, well, I, you know, I just have to work on this one speech. Well, okay, but what if that speech opens another door? Are you going to say no? So as a talent strategist, I may hear and realize that maybe you're good at speaking, but you might be great on radio. You might be great on television. Or maybe you need to write a book. I had coffee with a lady yesterday who's like, I just can't get going in my life. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Well, I have this little blog. Well, then kick up the blog. You're already doing it. And, you know, A, I hate to say it. I don't know if she's lazy or I know she has a lot of fear. And I'm like, really? You're just too self-focused. Because if your message is so important, don't you really have to give it? So a talent strategist is somebody like myself 
who will sit across the table and I'll find out all the other things you're good at. And then I am going to be that rock you can lean on as we move you in other directions that you might feel a little uncomfortable, but we can still get you there. You are inspiring. Now, when you spoke at the NALS conference, you stressed the significance of body language. And I took a couple of things away from that. The handshake, first of all, I'm going to include that in body language, and also the head bobbing issue, which I catch myself doing far too often. And I hope you're going to incorporate those two things. And when you tell our listeners briefly about the importance of body language. You know, for women, body language sets you apart if you're a professional. And here's why. I grew up with all brothers. I'm the youngest of five. And I learned early on, not only with them, but in my political career, that if I was giving away my power, people will take it. So what do you do to maintain a powerful presence and still still be friendly and outgoing, but I don't give it away? So what I find with a lot of women in particular, we were taught when we were younger that if someone is speaking to us that we should nod along, we should nod our head up and down like we're listening. Or in my case, I'm usually thinking, hurry up. But what we're trying to get you to do is to to empathize, to let you know we care. Okay, I'm all about stopping that. Now, you can do that with a one-time down and back up. Not easy to do. You've got to practice to make it look natural. But when you constantly bob your head up and down, you look like that little dog in the back of the car window, and you're giving away your power. And let me just tell you how this works. My brother told me early on, hey, Deb, when you do that, if I need a yes, I'll take it because you gave me a yes. I said, no, no, I was just like agreeing or encouraging you to hurry on. He said, but if I need a yes, I'll take what I need and I'll leave it up to you to explain. But I stopped immediately with doing things that were silly like body language because I understood that if I were to give it away, then I would lose my position of power. So be very careful about the nodding up and down. The other thing women tend to do, and Vicki, we talked about this at the conference, women will walk up to me and all of a sudden they'll tilt their head to the side. And it's all I can do not to reach out, grab your head and straighten you back up again. Now, what's interesting is most people naturally go to one side or the other. But friends, I'm telling you, you got to straighten up. You've got to look at me eye to eye. Ladies, when you go to one side, you look flirtatious, sensual, and sexy. And as I like to say, unless you need someone to change your car tire, that is not a good look. You know, and guys look impish, boyish, and coy. And that's not a powerful look. And what's odd is you don't know you do it because you are so comfortable gently going to one side or the other. So you need a friend to help you. Had a client today. I put her on video. She goes, oh my goodness, look how much I turned to the side. I'm like, yes. And if you're standing on a stage presenting, that is not a powerful image. You do not see guys doing that. So ladies, let me encourage you that you hold your head straight and powerful, chin level with the floor. You had me laughing here. When I bob my head, I've caught myself the other day and I thought, you're just like a bobblehead. <laughs> and like you said, the dog in the back window. But I think bobbleheads are pretty funny and that, that's a really good lesson. And the other is turning your head to the side. And those are all things that I have to work on. And I hadn't thought about it until I heard you speak. So thanks for that. Sure. Do you have any other words of wisdom? Well, you know, I do want to add in just with that is the old idea of eye contact. So what you do is you look at my forehead, my nose, my upper lip, my right eye, my left eye. You stay in my triangle, forehead, upper lip, nose, right eye, left eye. And when you have a conversation with me, you must stay in that triangle. 
If you're thinking and you look up or if you're thinking and you look down, I'm rude enough to look up or down and ask you who you're looking for. But I do that to show you how silly it looks and how you give away your power. You know, I'm in the political realm and we don't have to be men to be strong and powerful and recognized in this business. We can be very strong women who people will not only listen to, but then take action on the words that we share. So I think it's very important that you maintain who you are, but just a better version of it. And again, it's like dating the public. What you're trying to do is show that you have self-confidence and that you believe in what you say. And what's interesting about that, Vicki, is over time, that self-confidence will grow and then people will be able to see that in you. I also think that that self-confidence grows as you get older. I'm not so sure that as, uh, well, I know that as a 20-year-old, I didn't have the confidence that I have today. So that's a good thing about getting a little bit older because you pay more attention. At least that's my opinion. Well, then we'll take it as gospel truth. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't on the internet. So, you know. So, Deb, how can listeners learn more about you and where can they get your book? Well, thank you. You can go to my website and I encourage you to to sign up for my newsletter. It comes out every week and also a podcast of my radio show, which is called Speak Without Fear. You can reach me at www.debsofield, S-O-F as in Frank, I-E-L-D.com. And I'm sure, Vicki, you can put it out there for them. But really, they need to sign up for that newsletter because I have a lot of great information. One thing I've had to learn to do is be disciplined to get that out every week. And I do. And it's not long. It's not a long read. And if you've got the time, you could just download. I have a lot of friends who take me running with them or walking with them. They just download my show and they listen. And I, I talk about living your best life ever, getting out of your own way so you can shine. And my book is on Amazon.com. Right. I was going to throw that in here. I have to tell you that I do encourage everyone to subscribe to your newsletter. I did that as soon as as I met you in Atlanta. It's short, sweet, and always has something motivating in it. I love it. And also, I encourage everyone to check out your website, which, again, is Deb Sofield, S-O-F as in Frank, I-E-L-D, dot com. What you offer is fabulous, and I would not want anyone to miss that, nor would I want them to miss Speaking Without Fear. It's a great book, lots of tips in it. So, Deb, thank you so much for joining me today. Your information has been motivating, and I know that every single listener is going to benefit from your wisdom. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me, and have me back anytime. We'll do that. I love it when someone says, have me back. You know how getting guests can sometimes be difficult, so I appreciate your taking the time to be here. So let's take another short break now. Don't go away, because when I come back, I'll have a practice tip for you. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back. This is the point in the show where I share practice tips with you, tips that hopefully will help you in your work and to advance your career. I talk a lot about systems and checklists, and you should adopt systems and checklists to make your job and your life easier. This will provide you with a set of rules to follow, and that's basically what they are. They're rules to follow, so you don't have to think about what to do next. You don't have to recreate the wheel every time you do something. 
As I said, systems should make things easier. So when you set out to create a system, you need to consider two things. First, what you really want the end result to be. And second, just who is that system for? Here are four steps for you to consider as you create systems for your work. As you go through your day, look at places where systems would help you. Consider the things that you do regularly or consider places where you're having trouble, you know, getting a handle on something. Perhaps you always forget a certain step when you're preparing an estate for probate. That's why you need a checklist. Take a moment to decide what you want the end result of the system to be. Then outline the steps that need to happen to get you there. And this is the important part. Work that system a few times and observe to see how it's working. Update it when you need to, just to make sure that it's always making your job easier. You can always ask yourself this, does the system make sense? Are you getting the results you want? Are you getting consequences that you didn't expect or aren't working for you? And does anything need to be tweaked or changed? So as you prepare for next year, give some thought to where systems and checklists will help you. Do you have any systems that are more complicated than they need to be? How can you simplify things to make your work easier? That's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to Vicki at paralegalmentor.com. And don't forget to check out my blog, paralegalmentorblog.com, and the resources available at paralegalmentor.com. All of this has been designed to help you move your career in the right direction, and that's forward. This is Vicki Voison thanking you for listening to the Paralegal Voice and reminding you to make your Paralegal Voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Vicki Voisin for her next podcast on issues and trends affecting paralegals and legal assistance. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.